Hey, Sam. Yeah, Tyler? What's the longest period of time you've gone without eating? Uh, I don't know, like 15, 16 hours, maybe? And were you a little bitch about it and wouldn't shut up about food? That sounds a bit harsh. Well, that's a topic we'll deal with later, because I'm Tyler Strandberg. And I'm Sam Albus. And you're listening to The Avatar Podcast. Yip, yip! On this podcast, we watch the Nickelodeon show Avatar The Last Airbender, episode by episode, and discuss it in detail. We talk about plot, themes, and character development throughout the show, as well as anything else we may notice that's also relevant to what's going on in the Avatar world, or what's going on in our world. At the end of each episode, we'll talk about who our favorite character was, as well as give the episode a rating on a scale of 1 to 10. You're listening to the Avatar Podcast. Yep, yep. Sam, here we are. Three episodes in already. Oh my gosh, we've, time has fly, flown so... Yes, and three a, weeks. And because this is week three that we're recording, this is episode three that we're discussing oh, of book one. Oh, funny how that works. Yeah. Um, do you want to know what the episode is called? Yeah. The episode is called The Southern Air Temple. Oh, I didn't know that. It's not like I've watched this episode three times. Well, Two times. Two times. I don't know. We watched it a lot. However, yeah, however many however times, many times. We need to watch it. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, how about we do a quick overview of how the about, plot of the episode? How about, uh, you know, I did it last time. Why don't you do it? Almost as if we have a structured pattern for this. Yeah, almost as if we are doing that. So I'm going to do that now. Cool. Thank you. Aang suggests a visit to the Southern Air Temple, where he tells stories of his old mentor, his friends, and the games he used to play. Upon, dis- upon discovering Gyatso's skeleton and that the Fire Nation eradicated his people, Aang becomes angry and enters the Avatar state, altering the world. Alerting. Well, alerting. Alerting the world of the <laughs> Avatar's return. Aang is conf- com- comforted. Wow, I can't read this. <laughs> Aang is comforted by his friends who tell him that they are his family now. Meanwhile, Zuko and his uncle Iroh run into Commander Zhao, who, learn- who learns that the Avatar has been found. Zuko challenges Zhao to a duel over the right to track the Avatar, which Zuko wins. You know, I thought I did a kind of bad job at reading the overview last time. No, that was definitely the worst we've ever done. It's okay. We're just trying our best. There was a few um, wonky words in there. There's a few, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm no voiceover artist, okay? (laughs) Come on. Yeah, we we don't record anything. (laughs) We don't know what that is. No, I've never voice acted in my life. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, some other notes about the episode. It premiered on Nickelodeon on February 25th, 2005. 25th. <laughs> it's SPF okay, you know 25. What? The last one said February 21st, so I just changed the one to a five. It's, it's February 25th. 25th, 2005. I'm moving on. Okay. It was written by Michael Dante DiMartino. He's also one of the creators of the show. Let's start the episode. Now. Let's do it now. Jesus, Sam. So the first thing we learn in this episode, or one important thing that we learn, is that the Fire Nation is responsible for the death of Katara and Sokka's mother. She literally mm-hmm. says this um, when they are on Appa, I believe. Yes. Um, she's just like, yeah, the Fire Nation killed my mother, which yeah. we didn't know. We just knew that. We knew their, mother, their mother died. died but mm-hmm. we didn't know how. Exactly. And um, we still don't really know how, but now we know that the Fire Nation is And that contributes to the overall theme of this episode, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, second plot point, we learn about the Avatar cycle and that Aang has been reincarnated. Um, this is something that was briefly touched on in the intro, and it's something that's kind of continuously touched on in the intro when they say, like, 
um, the avatar disappeared and blah, 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 and a new avatar. Um, but they really kind of go into detail about this. They talk about the avatar cycle. It's fire, air, water, earth. I think that's how they say it. Yeah, I don't have that memorized, but you yeah. do. Well, I don't want to say well, it's it in... the order. it's the order in which it is in the intro, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I should so. have it memorized because I... We literally, every time the intro comes on, we mimic every sound effect in the <laughs> intro. So I should, like, know by now. They talk about the Avatar cycle. They talk that Aang has been reincarnated, um, and that is part of their world. Um, the next part, the next plot themes we are going to talk about are all kind of packed into, like, one scene. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to play a really quick sound clip of that scene and then dissect it. You can't compete with me. I have hundreds of warships under my command, and you, you're just a banished prince. No home, no allies. Your own father doesn't even want you. You're wrong. Once I deliver the Avatar to my father, he will welcome me home with honor and restore my rightful place on the throne. If your father really wanted you home, he would have let you return by now, Avatar or no Avatar. But in his eyes, you are a failure and a disgrace to the Fire Nation. That's not true. All right, the first thing, th- there is a lot in that scene that we go through. It's, yeah. like, very intense. There's a lot to unpack um, there. Yes, <laughs> there is a lot to unpack there. But the first thing that we will unpack, the first thing we will take out of the proverbial box that was that scene is um, that Zuko has been searching for the Avatar for two years. And that's a long time, mm-hmm. a very long time. Yeah, Zhao said that he was, like, at sea for two years, like, Two years at sea have done little too, and that was a little bit earlier. That wasn't in this scene, but yeah, it's still related to that scene. whole scene when they're in that room or whatever the war room or whatever. I don't know exactly where they are. Is like a lot of like back and forth and a lot of things that we learn about both of their characters. Yep. But we'll talk um, about that later. So the next thing we learn is we know that Zuko is already a prince. He has been called Prince Zuko multiple times, so we can assume that his father must be the Fire Lord. In this scene and between Zuko and Zhao, the word Fire Lord is never said. Mm-mm. But later when Aang goes into the Avatar state, one of the Fire Sages says, send word to the Fire Lord. So we can also assume the Fire Lord is the head of the country. Zuko's the prince, so we can assume that Zuko's father is the Fire Lord. Exactly. All right. The next thing that we learned from this episode is... Since Zuko was banished, we can assume his father is the one who banished him. Um, At the very least, we know there's tension in his family because in this scene, Zhao was talking all about how, you know, his father thinks he's a failure. We hear that his father is ashamed of Zuko. Of course, this is all according to Zhao. We don't necessarily know if this is like confirmed information or not. This is just from Zhao's mouth. And we don't, yeah, we really don't know if it's true or not. Yeah, just because of who Zhao is as a character, we're not really sure if he's just taunting Zuko or if this is actually true. But Mm -hmm. it's still important information to have. Um, After that, we learn that Zuko was banished and his mission to return is to find the Avatar. This is interesting because the Avatar has not been seen in the past 100 years, which was covered... I think in either the first or second episode. It was the first. Um, I think it was the first episode. Yeah. So basically, he was sent on like this impossible quest, like something that can never be achieved, mm-hmm. and there's no expectation that he will get this done. So therefore, there's probably no expectation that Zuko will ever return home. Mm-hmm. It's a wild goose chase. Yep. 
Um, we also learn that Zuko got his scar from a firebending master during an Agni Kai. Uh, this is just heavily, heavily, heavily implied by the cinematography and what uh, Iroh says. Like, do you remember the last time, you know, you did this, whatever? And then it, like, yeah, fought a master and it pans over to his scars. So it's like, oh, I wonder where his scar came from. Yeah. You know? Um. Finally, the rest of the world finds out the Avatar is still alive. Like I said earlier, once Aang goes into the Avatar state, um, a bunch of temples around the world, um, the eyes start glowing and stuff. So Yeah, so we were confused as to why that didn't happen the first time. We Do you have, like, a kind theory? Of, we still kind of disagree on this, yeah. Sam. You have a theory. I have a theory that it's... Um, I mean, Monkeyatso in the, like, flashback we see in this episode is talking about, you know, when you turn 16, you'll find your guide or whatever in that room that's behind that locked door. And uh, I think because Aang goes in there and actually meets Roku, he, like, locks eyes with him. That's when he's, like, properly connecting his spirit with his past lives. And then when he goes into the Avatar state, you know, all of that connects with all of the statues in there. And that's why that happens that's mm-hmm. my theory as to why i have no idea if that's yeah. accurate or not that is a good theory um i think it's just a goof in all honesty i think that they didn't really consider that fans would be thinking about this this intensely so i think well they those... should have also mine is a lot more fun than than it they is just i completely agree up. with you i completely agree with you but that's that's just what it is i just think that they it was an oversight Maybe it was conscious. Maybe they just thought it was more poignant to show it at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I yes. like my theory. I like your theory, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we've gone through, like, the major plot points of this episode. Let us move on to the themes of this episode. Let's do it. Um, so the very first theme we see is, well, not the first theme we see. The first theme we're going to cover is grief. Um, and that's it's it's pretty intense, and you might think that it only occurs near the end of the episode when Aang is, like, in a rage in the Avatar state, but it's honestly occurring throughout the entire episode. Throughout the whole episode, Aang is going through the stages of grief yeah, right now. Yeah, we, we see that absolutely immediately when Aang is, like, super, super excited. He wants to go to the, you know, the Southern Air Temple. He's just like, I can't wait to show you guys around, and Katara is, you know... You know, she's like subtly dropping hints that, yeah, like, it's like it's things be, might be different, yeah. you know, like that. And Aang's like, oh no, it'll be fine, it'll be exactly the same, you yeah. know, which is so, the first stage denial, denial, yeah, exactly. It's the first stage of grief, so we see that absolutely like right away. Um, afterwards, like the second stage is pain, and I think this really is shown when he sees Monkeyasso's corpse. But I think we see it a little bit throughout the episode as well. Like, mm-hmm. Aang is a little bit kind of depressed. A little bit, kind of. Yeah, a little, <laughs> a little bit, kind of. Yeah, he's just, yeah, um, they're, like, walking around. He's just like, wow, things are so different. Yeah. He's just like, Like, huh. he's like, there's no one here. There used to be bison and lemurs, and it's just empty and filled with weeds. And I think that's a pretty good representation of pain, too. Yeah, I, I think that's probably fairly painful for him um and the whole scene where he sees monkey gyatso's corpse and then all of the firebender uniforms Mm -hmm. surrounding it 
my god that's a dark scene yeah like it's very this like this is a kid's show and this is it's very dark to show a corpse and yeah. the, you know what this implies the scene it's, implies it's not really a corpse corpse is like a yeah, dead body a skeleton it's a skeleton it's a skeleton yeah. whatever corpse would be much more dark skeleton is like still it's still dark yeah it is still dark it's a little bit more appropriate though it's not like a whole ass skeletons are scary okay we're past that we're past halloween we can't make that joke right now um which leads us into the next stage of grief which is anger and obviously that's when like immediately after this happens i mean yeah but like he's already kind of been in the pain stage for a while so oh yeah no there's not like there's no time limit on the stages of grief you can go through them Mm -hmm. in a matter of an hour or days or weeks or months Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter but like yeah as soon as he like it's really painful, and I think that just starts, like, festering in him and becomes anger very, very fast. And then mm-hmm. he goes into the Avatar state, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and then after Aang comes out of the Avatar state, Katara is able to talk him down. Yeah. Um, we see him in... Very good scene, yeah, by the way. We see him in the depression phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, one's, that one hits me pretty hard. There's one line that really kind of just sums up this and it's it's pretty it's okay. sad let's let's take a it listen. wasn't your fault but you were right and if firebenders found this temple that means they found the other ones too i really am the last airbender wow <laughs> heavy yeah. stuff really heavy yeah. stuff <laughs> like um i'm kind of tearing up right now <laughs> about it it's really sad. It is. It is very sad. Um, <laughs> um, let's yeah. move on because I don't want to cry on the podcast. <laughs> um, the last point we see is acceptance. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still tearing up. <laughs> okay. So, well, why don't I take over, over this point? Why don't I take over this point? Um, yeah, we see acceptance at the end of the episode. Um, he keeps like, I mean, it seems fairly quickly, but I think he had a lot of time to think about it. But it's, you know, when they're outside of the of the tempo temple temple and it's uh appa and momo and him and they're just like we're all that's left of this air temple and you know yeah it's we're like, gonna make weirdly, the best of this weirdly optimistic mm-hmm. um thinking about the scene like out of context you're like why is he hopeful about this why is he like looking up to this like you're the last bison you're the last lemur and i'm the last airbender and we're all that's left the world's gonna be great. Like mm-hmm. it's out of context, it seems really weird. But in context of the episode, it like kind of makes sense, especially because you've already seen him go through the stages of grief. This seems like the next natural point that he would reach. Yeah. So exactly, I think it's really well done, really well written. It, I mean, it's also just nice to see that. I mean, obviously, it's hurting him. You know, he went through all of that before, so he's not just like not taking this situation seriously. Yeah. He's done like a lot of thinking on it and has felt a lot of things about it. And I think it's just kind of in Aang's nature, his character to, you know, take it in stride and make something positive out of it. Yeah, I'd agree. Sam, our next theme, our next theme is also really sad. Are you ready? Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk (laughs) about genocide. genocide. Ooh, yeah. You can't really skirt around it in this episode. You really can't. Um, yeah, we kind of, uh, we see firsthand um, what uh, the line, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked, means. Um, yeah, because like, they quite literally um, murdered an entire race of people. Yeah. I mean, we can make the connection, like, 
different benders, you know, people in the Earth Kingdom and the Air Temples and all of the different nations are of different races. Yeah. We can, you know, make that connection. And they wiped out an entire race, and that's kind of the definition of genocide. Yes. Um, yeah, it's really heavy and really sad. And yes. we get to see it firsthand in this episode. Like, okay, this is the aftermath of this. Um, they killed somebody that Aang is very was very close to. So it's a very, very real thing and a very heavy topic. It is. It's very heavy for a kid's show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I mean, I would go as far as to draw similarities between the Fire Nation to Nazi Germany. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I th- Like, there's nothing really special about the airbenders, right? Um, they go into detail later in the series about why the different elements, like, have their different, like, strengths and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and why they choose to attack those nations versus not attack those nations. Um, but they chose the Air Nomads not because they felt like they were the quote-unquote easiest to attack, but because that's where the next Avatar was supposed to be born. So if the next Avatar was a waterbender, I'm willing to bet they would have done the same thing for the water tribes. Same goes with the Earth Nation. That would have been a lot that harder, That would have been though. very hard. <laughs> and they cover that. The Earth Nation has... They cover that later in the series. Um, but... The Air Nomads were still pretty hard. You know, like Aang was saying earlier in the episode, it is very, very difficult to get to those temples. They could only get to those temples through Sky Bison. And I can't talk about it yet, but later in the series, there we see evidence that firebenders could have reached these temples. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously they did. Obviously they did. Yes. We just don't know how. Yes, you know. I will talk about that evidence when we get to it. But there is a theory of how firebenders were able to reach these tempos, temples. Yeah, you did the same flub that I, <laughs> I did. did. <laughs> these temples without um, owning sky bison. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let's let's move on from that heavy stuff. <laughs> no, there's still more we need to talk about on genocide. There's still two more points we got to oh, talk no. about. Oh no. Yeah, there are. Yep. So Gyatso is surrounded by firebenders. Um, he clearly didn't go down without a fight, which I think is really important. Um, genocide isn't something that people just kind of like accept. Um, it's a pretty God. It's such. This is a hard topic. Mm-hmm. Um, the Air Nomads were trying their best to keep themselves alive. Um, yeah. But they are a pacifist people. So it's not hard to believe that this was an uphill battle for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but even so, we know that airbenders can be incredibly powerful. We've seen that with Aang fighting Zuko in the pr- first two episodes. Um, and we really see it now by how many firebenders Gyatso quite literally took out like, all of those firebenders around him are dead, too. So he had to have killed them somehow before they Oh, uh, I never him. thought about that. Like, how did they die in the same room, yep. you know? So, Gyatso yeah. Gyatso had to have got taken them out somehow. I, it just it makes me want to know exactly how. You, you know, know, I don't. That's pretty <laughs> gruesome. I don't like it. It's it, This is a dark topic. Yeah, it and is. It, it's very heavy. It seems for a like kid's he kind of sacrificed himself. Yeah. Maybe it's easy. I don't know. It's much easier for a kids' show when we talk about like that's so sad. Like their whole culture is gone. But like now that we're talking about it, it's like this is hard. Mm-hmm. This is difficult to speak about right now. Um, so we're gonna touch on the last point and then we're gonna move on. Okay. Um, Aang becomes responsible for continuing his entire culture. We see a little bit more of this. 
not in this series, but in the sequel series. Uh-huh. So that will be a long, long ways away that we talk about this. But we do see this reality that Aang has to deal with come to fruition. That's heavy fruition. Yep. Sam, <laughs> you know what? Sam, <laughs> words are hard. We've both been struggling with them today. Yes, that 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 that's true. Um, yeah. Um that's heavy. That's heavy. That's a lot of weight on Aang's shoulders. Yeah. That I really don't think he's thinking about yeah um (laughs) that's a lot but honestly like that's 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 all we're gonna talk about on that topic and as long as we're done with that topic that seems to be all we have about themes for this episode well that's because this is a pretty character heavy episode tyler well i can't wait to talk more about them but first a quick break And we're back. All right. We are going to transition and start talking about the characters of this episode. Yeah, hopefully that'll be a little bit more fun. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, more things fun. were a little dark. Let's yeah, have more fun with this. Yeah, maybe a little more goofs in this one. Okay, okay let's, let's start talking about Aang, our, our main dude, main yes. boy. We um, learned some things about him that are... Important. important. Very important. All right. So we learned that most likely he gets his, like, his fun and carefree nature, his whimsicalness from his, um, you know, guardian and caretaker, Monkey Atso. Mm-hmm. Um, we see this when they are, like, going through the temple and they get to his statue. And Aang's like, I have somebody I want you guys to meet. That's not what Aang sounds like. <laughs> um, and you do really bad Aang impressions. Yes, I do, because I don't try. Um <laughs> Yeah, so, and then we go into the, the flashback, and we see um, that Monkey Atso, um is baking four cakes, each with a different color of frosting for the sole yeah, purpose really, of throwing them I on the other monks. Part. They're not to eat at all. They are just to, like, throw. And, like, that is so funny. Cause some mischief. <laughs> Monkey Atso is such a likable character already. He is. We um, only see flashbacks of him. It's, yeah. So, yeah, we that's most likely where Aang gets it from, pretty funny. right? Um, staying on the topic of Gyatso, um, we talked a little bit about the genocide, but it's almost kind of like a slap in the face when Aang sees Gyatso's mm-hmm. skeleton. Yep. Um, like, hey, the Fire Nation not only killed all of your people, but you find that out by seeing basically your parent, like your dead parent. Oh, yeah. Like, um, the worst way to find that out. And you know? it's a huge slap in the face to Aang. But he stays happy and positive at the end of the episode. Which he's, Yeah. He's, like, defiantly yes, positive. Like, defiantly enthusiastic. Yeah, you said defiant was a good word to fit it. And I would uh, probably agree with you on that. That was more sad talk, so I'm going to move on to something more fun now. Well, um, hey, no, I'm not moving on. Jesus We're going to stay okay. sad. We're going <laughs> to stay sad. sad. Um, I think, like, he has every right to, um, like, like, curl up and, and cry and, like, be very, very, very sad about it. But instead, he's just like, okay, this is what I'm doing now, and I'm not gonna let this get in my way. I'm gonna work even harder towards this goal. So that is also a great thing about his character. He's already super strong, super emotionally strong, Mm -hmm. you know? So I love that. Okay, let's move on to the lighter point. Okay, so the lighter point. Excuse me, I had the borp. The lighter point. So Aang meets Momo, and um, 
<laughs> he kind of just like wants to be Momo's friend right away. Um, he wants to like adopt Momo, which I think this is important because not only do you see that he's like a fun, carefree guy, but you see that Aang's an animal lover. Mm-hmm. You see that animals. He are is very literally the person that sees a cat walking down the street. He's like, "Oh, I love you," and then <laughs> yeah. goes like chases after the cat. It's just like that's never gonna work. But uh, apparently, in this case, it did work for him. Yeah, so. Aang, Aang's that guy. Which like we were actually driving today, and we saw a stray cat on the road. Um, I was that person. <laughs> no, I, was that I wanted person. to pull over, and I was like, "Sam, can we keep it?" And you said, "No." Yeah, that's true. Ang is that guy. Why didn't we analyze Momo's character because from this? There's episode? nothing for us to analyze on Momo right now. Maybe next episode there will be. Mm, maybe. Let's move on. Katara is the next character we want to talk about. And Sam, you said that you had a lot to say about Katara's character. So why don't you start with this? Yeah. So we see her in this episode really. Um, basically just try and keep information from ang you know about the genocide of his people and that he is the last airbender Mm -hmm. um i mean people have mentioned it to ang in passing and once again ang you know was denying it he just couldn't really comprehend that he was the last one you know up until this moment and katara you know we see it when you know right after ang and sokka play that game on the poles or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, is it airball? I think it's called airball airball. Sure. You know, there's that fire nation helmet that Sokka finds on the ground. And she like pulls the snow down over it. She pulls the snow bank and it's just like, and that was after they called him over as a viewer. I was very frustrated with Katara's character in that moment because we know that this is coming from only the best of intentions, but she, she infringes on his right to know about his culture, his people. It's like a very helicopter parent to like ask. Yeah, that's um, the term. I like that term. Yeah, I, <laughs> I like that term too because it perfectly <laughs> describes what's going on. Helicopter parenting is very like, um, you kind of think of it as like white suburban mom who like, you know, fights the school principal to get their kid on the soccer team. Yeah, talk to like, mom. It's not just that. It's also like, a parent who will not let their kid fight their own battles. It's like a very That's toxic um, parental trait that Katara is showing yeah. right now. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it a lot. Katara, mm-hmm. um, let, back off and let Aang decide and, like, if he's going to be on the JV soccer team or varsity. Yeah, like, and because she does this, like, Aang finds out about it in the worst way possible. And in a way, it's yeah. kind of her fault that... He go, you know, he gets so angry and goes into the Avatar state. Well, that actually brings up a really good point because there's a line that corresponds with this. So let's mm-hmm. take a listen to that. If he finds out that the Fire Nation invaded his home, he'll be devastated. Okay. Yes, Katara, you're right. And look what happened. <laughs> he was devastated. He went into the Avatar state because he didn't know about this. This is something that he had to know about. Like, he had to find it out somehow. I think there is an argument to be made um, that Aang probably would have done it anyway, just because he doesn't have a lot of control over his emotion, mm-hmm. like, in regards to the Avatar state right now. Um, but I ultimately think he, it would have been a lot better if Katara would have just taken charge. But hey, 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 we got to remember, 
gotta remember she's a child yes she is a child well, this i is get also... i get why she did it yes. the way she did because yes. it's exactly what i would have done at that age well it's also coming from the place that like she has gone through grief before right like yeah she lost her that's mother. a good point that i and completely forgot about she doesn't want ang to feel like that so she is very justified in behaving this way although it's important to bring up just because she's justified doesn't make it right yeah and it doesn't make it okay Mm-hmm. Um, we touched on this briefly, and this is the last point we have about Katara. Um, but we see she really loves Aang, and she calls Sok- herself and Sokka Aang's family, and that's really important character development. I that's that's really important. Oh, she's so sweet. I'm, we love Katara. Must be a little bitch boy today because I'm gonna cry <laughs> just thinking about that. <laughs> Let's move on. This one is a fun one to talk on. We're gonna talk about Sokka just briefly. Oh, we have so many points for Sokka. <laughs> Buckle in, you guys. <laughs> He's being sarcastic. We have one. <laughs> um, it's that uh, this is the episode where Sokka really becomes the food guy. It's um, true. It's important <laughs> to his character, though. It is. And he does this throughout the rest of the series. Um, Sokka has like a few traits and the food guy is one of them. Like, a few consistent traits. He obviously has more than just a few Dinner. <laughs> Dinner. <laughs> That's my favorite soccer line from this episode. Yeah. Oh, A-plus acting. I love I love Sock that. is fun. He's the food guy. He is Let's the food move guy. on to the other half of the story right now. Mm-hmm. So, we only focus... There's an A line... There's, like, an A plot line and a B plot line. The A plot line is obviously Katara, Aang, and Sokka at the temple. The B plot line is Zuko... And his whole interaction with a new character, who we find out, is Commander Zhao. Formerly Admiral Zhao, no, but now he's formerly Captain Zhao. Oh, okay. And then, uh, yeah, I yes. see what I did. Formerly yes. Captain Zhao. Zhao becomes the, like, secondary villain of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, in every single season of Avatar, they have a main villain, and then they have kind of, like, a secondary villain. And in season one, Zuko is the main villain, mm-hmm. um, but Zhao assumes that like secondary villain position um we said he was a captain he was promoted to commander um he was recently promoted so clearly the person in charge likes him or thinks he does very well at his job i i think we kind of do like learn that he is good at his job because he gets the information he Mm -hmm. wants out of zuko's crew and stuff like that it's a very sneaky he's like um trying to Think of synonyms for sneaky, but I cannot very think of like, them. It's a very, like, under-the-rug kind of way of doing this. Like, um, he interrogates the crew of Zuko's ship while he is drinking tea with Iroh and Zuko. So, like, it's kind of like that. Very manipulative. Yes, there. that's a good there way There we go. It. Yes, he's, he's manipulative. He knows how to lie in a convincing manner. Yes. Um, he is not respectful towards others, like, at all. He's no. pretty self-centered. Like, he really only cares about him and himself and him getting all the credit yes. and him moving up he is and things like willing that. to take what he deems as his mm-hmm. which is very kind of like this it's what got Toxic the f- masculine yes and it's what the got got the fire nation into the place that they're in right now you know oh my god he like oh so it he is a very represents the stereotype yes. of the fire yes, nation it is a very oh that hit my brain a way, right kind now. of patriotic form of acting you know he is and 100 percent showing the views of the fire nation and they love him for it because he's obviously climbing the ranks yep um in that aspect taking what's his um an example of that is when he finds out the avatar is still alive and he 
basically tells Zuko, this is no longer your responsibility. I'm doing this because I am more fit for the job and it's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I want the glory and the yep. victory for myself. So he's just going to take it. He has decided that capturing the Avatar is now his job, even though it was quite literally assigned to Zuko. Now, was it assigned to Zuko with the intention of Zuko actually completing that job? We'll get to Not that really, but like, still, that's beyond the point. The point is, Zhao thought Zhao knows that it's a very important task, and he has deemed Zuko unfit for it. Mm-hmm. So. He's going to do that. Um, he has a lot of unchecked toxic masculinity. Like we, Oof, I mean, we yeah, already a lot. He he is like your stereotypical toxic male. What I see, he's the dad and what that I you want. Don't want to have. Yeah, <laughs> like I feel bad. I doubt he's married or has any kids because wow, um, he is a major asshole. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, he's condescending. He's petty. We see this in the Agni Kai. Um, once Zuko wins, um. He tries to hit him in the back with a fireball. Very low. Why? Like, like very, just super low. Below um, the belt kind of acting. Yeah, he's disrespectful. He doesn't have like a base amount of respect for most people, probably. Mm. Um, yeah, he likes low blows and he's just a dick. Kind of just a dick. He's really a dick, actually. Commander Zhao, more like Captain Asshole. Yeah, good <laughs> joke. Get oh, it. got him. I bet he's really hurting after that one. <laughs> So Zhao interacts a lot with Zuko in this episode, and finally, we finally get to we talk learn more about, about Zuko. Zuko. There's yes. like so much hints here and there of his characters in in his of his characters of like episode one and episode two. It's just kind of like, ooh, what's that mean? Ooh, what's that mean? Who is this person? He's the villain, but like, what's going on with him? And we Some finally learn about, about it. Him. Oh yep. my gosh! Thank you. Okay, let's dive. Let's in. go into it. Okay, so like the. The most obvious thing about his character, and we've seen this throughout every single episode, mm-hmm. is he is trying to regain his honor. Yeah, this unquote. becomes like a literal meme of the it series. is a meme. It like, is a meme like, of my the honor. Zuko trying to regain his honor. Take mm-hmm. a shot every time he says honor, and he will do anything to do that, including straight up um, lying to Commander Zhao about not knowing anything about the Avatar because this is the most important thing to Zuko, mm-hmm. you know, is regaining his honor, which is through finding the Avatar. Well, also through finding the Avatar, we learn why it's so important to him because mm-hmm. it is integral for Zuko to find the Avatar in order to go back home. And he thinks that once he brings the Avatar back home, his father will finally accept him, mm-hmm. which kind of goes into another layer of Zuko's character in that Zuko is just looking for acceptance. Mm-hmm. I think at this point with just about anyone, his father, the people surrounding him, um, just he's just he wants to be accepted. And I think really by his father, but he he thinks that finding the Avatar is the only way he can do this it is banking on he is banking on this right now like it is like his entire life is basically hinging on finding the avatar yep. and in a sense like it's his um dream of things returning to normal for him like he thinks once he finds the avatar he'll go back home and things will be normal you again. start feeling some sort of sympathy for him at this mm-hmm. moment before mm-hmm. this moment he was just the bad guy that wants to capture the avatar i wouldn't say you feel sympathy for him i did not feel sympathy for him 
I more so felt an understanding of him. Yeah, I guess that's a better word. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I don't think I, I didn't, liked him either. Yeah, like, sympathy kind of is like, oh, I, I get where you're at, you know? And, like, I feel bad for you. But, like, I didn't feel bad for him. Like, I understood where he some was shitty coming things. from. Yeah. But, like, I, that didn't help me relate to him anymore. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Um, yeah. We see that... After that whole tense scene, which a lot of what we just talked about happened um, when Zuko and Iroh were having tea with Zhao in his tent, um, a lot of that just happened there. After that, they go to the Agni Kai between Zuko and Zhao. And here's where we see some other things about Zuko. Um, it was talked about that he had already dueled the Firebending Master before, and when, since he's been banished, Iroh has taken over as his Firebending teacher and we now see that Zuko can actually, like, hold his own against a firebending master. Even though he himself is not a master, like, he has put in so much work to getting this done and to becoming good at this and trying to become a better bender. And it just shows that he is a very, like, hard worker. He's pers persistent. He doesn't give up. I mean, obviously, he's been searching for the Avatar for two years, and he still hasn't given up on it. Yep. Like, he is going to fight until the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these scenes really illustrate, you know, those points to his character. Literally, in the fight, he shows that he doesn't give up, because just when Zhao, it seems like Zhao is going to get the final blow on him, mm -hmm. he does the, you know, the spinny boy move yeah. on Zuko's Zhao. Zuko's literally, like, knocked down on the ground, mm -hmm. but he is able to pick himself back up, and while doing so knock Shao down which is oh god that's like great cinematography yeah and like it very was great. just good um choreography that's a better yeah word choreography is a better word um and then there is a point where at the end of the agni kai Zhao is on the ground and he like basically yells at zuko to burn him to give him a scar like zuko has um and zuko throws a fireball right next to Zhao, and i think that is very symbolic in saying, like, I could do this, but I'm choosing not to. Mm -hmm. and that's a very, very big person thing of Zuko to do. Like, that is very respectful and, dare I say, honorable. And Zhao, being the dick he is, mm -hmm. <laughs> retorts with this dumbass line. That's it? Your father raised a coward. No, Zhao. Zuko's father did not raise a coward. His uncle raised him to be a compassionate and sympathetic person and to not just completely derail other people's lives like his, like his life has been derailed. It is a very, very good person thing of Zuko to do. And it is so shocking coming from a villain of this season. There's so much depth to his character in this one episode. It's astounding yep it's absolutely fantastic and i you made all those points and i have nothing else to say good because i am so passionate about <laughs> these points let's move on the last character that we have is iroh we actually yeah we actually learned quite a lot about iroh in this episode which i think is good too because like zuko we didn't learn that much about him in the past two mm -hmm. episodes so i'm glad that we're starting to yeah, see more we of learned, the villains we learned a lot of it's surface not just the main character like jack off show anymore <laughs> yeah exactly we just learned a bunch of surface things about his character um so one important thing that we learned about him is that he is a formal general in the fire nation army the fire navy navy however you want to call it um so yeah that's interesting we also learned that uh ginseng tea is his favorite tea so we have a little note about this we're just going to touch on it right now 
This will become important later in the series. Ooh, yeah. Pay attention to that ginseng tea. Right now, ginseng tea is Iroh's favorite. It'll be important later. Yes. Okay, Let's what else on. do we learn so about So we talked Oscar. about the Agni Kai and um, how Zuko, like Zhao tried firing that final blow at Zuko after mm-hmm. he turned his back. Um, Iroh is the one that stops that final blow from Zhao, and he is able to kind of just like throw Zhao back on the ground. And I think this says like two things. Like he is a very, very powerful bender, for one. He is able to stop um, Zhao's um, firebending with ease. <laughs> like mm-hmm. with ease. And then he's able to throw him back on the ground with ease <laughs> yep um and he iroh equates being honorable with being respectful to others yeah which i think that's that's a really cool that's really cool you know? <laughs> that um, is really cool we learned that you know at, at the very least that iroh has a base amount of respect for everyone mm-hmm. and you know we can see that obviously that iroh is probably taught that to Zuko as well. But just specifically talking about Iroh, you know, even when right after he, you know, calls Zhao disgraceful, mm-hmm. um, you know, be- he thanks him for the tea. He thanks him for the tea. It's like, oh, it was delicious. Like, okay, he's still being respectful. Yeah. He's not, you, it's you know. It's like, even though I think that what you just did is so disrespectful and so dishonorable, mm-hmm. you still hosted us and gave us tea. And that is something that should be thanked. I want him to be my uncle. I want him to be my dad. <laughs> I want to be my dad. Um, yeah. Respect is something that Zhao clearly lacks. So, yes. You know, Sam, this is kind of like the first time in the series where we have talked about every single character in the episode well you see tyler that's because every character had something important revealed about them and we couldn't just skip over the characters so do you think it'll be a little bit hard to pick who your favorite was well i already know who my favorite character is but you'll just have to wait to hear it until after this break and we're back sam we just got done talking about characters good transition who's your favorite my favorite character of this episode. Now, it just might be because I was already a fan of the show, and I've mm-hmm. watched this show multiple times, mm-hmm. but my favorite character of this episode was Zuko. Ooh, tell us why. Because his character is just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just so many levels to his character in this episode. So much that we learn about him. He's just so interesting, yes. and it really just shows that he's just not a one-dimensional villain-type character. Yes. He has human qualities. Yep. He is a human. And uh, I wouldn't say he's likable yet, but he's well, interesting enough to warrant a favorite character yeah. from me. Well, we I learned think. that about Zhao, too. We learned that Zhao's also not just, like, a one-dimensional character. So I think that's just good writing on the show's behalf. But Absolutely. He, he is undoubtedly my favorite character yes. because every time i think about his character in this episode we just had a very intense conversation actually not a conversation you just saying thing about talked, at, talked at you about Zuko. yeah Sorry. but hey no it happens because that's how good his character yes, is yes 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 okay i've talked about my favorite character who was your favorite character in this Sam, episode it was zuko yeah absolutely like, come on come on <laughs> Like nobody could hear your Zuko rant for like no, two straight like, minutes and no. not think of what he was, wasn't your favorite character. Um, I'm just gonna touch on this briefly because you basically said all of it. Zuko has a lot of depth, and this is especially after seeing basically nothing from him the first two episodes. It's so satisfying to start. Seeing I'm so him. ready to see his character throughout this. Yes. I hope you are too, yes. listener. Very very good. 
you better be excited to see his character. Very good. Moving on. Sam, your verdict. Did you want to explain how how we rank the episodes? Oh, sure. And yeah, then... I'll explain. Um, so we do not rate our episodes on, like, the American Standard um, like grading system so that would be like a 70 percent is like an average or whatever 70 percent is like a c yeah like a c um we rate it on a scale of one to ten where one is like terrible absolutely horrible bad five is that was an episode it wasn't good it wasn't bad and 10 is amazing like everybody should watch this episode because there is so many good things about this episode So so are you saying like a five would be like a c Yes, five would be a C. Cool. Absolutely. So what would you rank it? I feel bad that we keep giving like very, very, very high ratings to episodes, hey, but my God, start. this episode is so good. I'm giving it a 10. <laughs> like I actually was flip-flopping between a nine and a 10, but yep. when I just think about it, how all of this information is introduced in this episode and just how fucking much we learn about Zuko's character in mm-hmm. this episode and all the, oh my God, it's, it's a 10. It's absolutely is a 10. Yes. Like I could complain about, I was going to give it a nine because of Katara's character, but then I just thought about it. I'm just like, no, that's, it's a testament to how good the writing is that I had that reaction mm-hmm. to Katara's character in the first place. And it was so on character for her. So yeah, 10, absolutely. And um, yeah, what was your rating for this episode? I think I know your rating Sam, for this episode. Sam, I kind of agree with you. I feel really bad that we're giving all these episodes 10s. I give it a 10. <laughs> yeah. So um, you said you were flipping between a 9 and a 10. I will say the last episode I was flipping between a 9 and a 10. Mm-hmm. Um, because like the last episode was kind of just like action-y for most of it. Yeah. I ultimately decided on a 10, though, because of how much we learned about Aang and like all of the fight scenes weren't just like cool action they had like a meaning and a point behind them um and this is a 10 this is the first character heavy episode that we see and it is astounding how much we learn about every single character it's just well paced it is. too it's like just... we watched it two times and it went by like that yep you know because you just there's just so much information I never felt like i was just like sitting through this episode Mm-mm. like it was over before i knew it yeah absolutely um, and it was compelling the whole time yeah absolutely the whole time you know sam we're both here to hopefully give some different views on the episodes but so far we've agreed on almost 100 percent. i think the well only one if we... they keep listening <laughs> they will find some dis- some discrepancies in our opinions in a certain future episode but <laughs> i think um, the only one we've disagreed on so far is the first episode our favorite characters were different yeah otherwise everything has been the same but it'll like you said that'll change in the future oh it would absolutely change That's all we have for this episode. A huge thank you goes out to our producer and audio engineer, Aaron Bogan, along with his production company, Sound Events Productions, and Annie Galloway, who made our cover art and is our graphic designer. Make sure you join us next week. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's super helpful to us. Don't forget to tell a friend about the show or share the show if you liked it. If you want to get more involved in our Avatar content, please feel free to reach out to us. Send us questions about the show, fun fan theories that you may have, what you thought of this episode, something we mentioned that you liked, or something we didn't mention that you wish we would have talked about. Our email is airbenderpod at gmail.com, or you can tweet us or follow us on Instagram, both at airbenderpod. That's A-I-R bender P-O-D. If you want to keep in touch and stay updated in the Avatar fandom, make sure to join our Facebook community page at the Avatar Podcast Yip Yip Community. 
where you can discuss the show with other fans and ourselves. I'm Tyler Strandberg, the host, creator, and co-writer of the show. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at both at TylerJohn7. That's T-Y-L-E-R-J-O-N and the number seven. I'm Sam Albus, the co-host and co-writer of this show. You can follow me on Twitter at Sam underscore Albus or on Instagram at Sam Albus. My last name is spelled A-L-B-U-S. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. 